0: From Public Radio. Preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Next. Next. Reality Check Live.
1: A one-on-one with former Obama administration communications director and star of the massively popular podcast Pod Save America.
0: It's next. next. Reality Check Live. Headlines.
2: President Trump in Granite City, Illinois. We
0: don't wave the white flag, we only wave the flag that we love. It's called red, white, and blue, and it's beautiful.
2: Those cheers from steel workers at a plant that credits new tariffs for bringing back jobs. Vice President Mike Pence threatening Turkey
1: that if they don't release Pastor Andrew Brunson, the United States will impose significant sanctions on Turkey. New information about an incident outside the U.S. Embassy in Beijing there say a 26-year-old man ignited a suspected firecracker device outside
0: the embassy, resulting in injury to his hand but not life-threatening. On Thursday, a wildfire forced
1: the evacuation of an entire town east of Los Angeles, and now a man has been arrested, suspected of setting that fire and at least four others.
2: Up to 22 grizzly bears can be hunted this fall in the first grizzly bear hunt in Wyoming since the bear was listed as threatened in 1975. A police
1: officer shot and killed in Milwaukee. Last six members of a Japanese. Doomsday cult responsible for that deadly sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway
0: system in 1995 were executed by hanging. R C L. We have taken over your radio. We are now in control.
1: We can crank up your radio's volume, or we can turn it down so low that you can barely hear. It. Then we can turn it back up. And mess around with the bass level. Or we can crank up the trouble. We can blow out your left speaker. Oh
2: my god! We can
1: even make your radio sound like a broken CD. We are in
0: total charge. We are in complete control.
1: We are reality
2: check live.
1: Carrie Harrison here. This is reality check live. Reality check preventing truth decay. And we're going to have a bit of fun right now. We're going to talk to Dan Pfeiffer. He's co-host of the popular political podcast, Pod Save America. There's barely a crawling human on the planet who hasn't heard of it, who doesn't enjoy it. Uh, He is one of Barack Obama's longest-serving advisors. He was White House Director of Communications under President Obama from 2009 to 2013 and Senior Advisor to the President from 2013 to 2015. And Dan, I want to welcome you to Reality Check Live.
0: Well, well, thanks for having me. I'm
1: excited to be here. I'm just going to give you a little little setup here. The reason this show exists, because I had one opportunity to meet your boss uh, before he left the White House, and he's a Chicagoan, and so am I. And we were talking about um, poppy seed buns, which if you've never been to Chicago and gone to a Wrigley Field uh, game, poppy seed buns are meaningless to you. But if you've ever had them, it's a game changer. And in that conversation, he said, well, you're a radio guy. And I said, yeah. He said, you know, radio sucks. <laughs> I said, well, I, I, you know, I, I kind of know. You know, he's thinking of all the preachers and the, the clan rallies, uh, you know, on, in in AM mono, let's light some trees on yeah. fire. And he said, you need to do something about it. And I said, well, well I don't own it. I mean, I. but it's kind of marching orders from the president. (laughs) He said, you need to come up with something that makes a difference. So we came up with Reality Check Live, and and the motto is Preventing Truth Decay. took a while because I'm thinking, what the hell could I do? And I'm thrilled to have it kind of circle back to you because you clearly were instrumental listening to your podcast, listening to Pod Save America, listening to your sense of humor and your pithiness and all the... The rest of it, you know, you're all over the place in much of the good stuff that we enjoy in the world. <laughs> so let's jump into your book. Let's do it. You've written a book which gives finally a little relief. It opens some steam on the pressure valve of hell. Called "Yes, We Still Can: Politics in the Age of Obama, Twitter, and Trump." Perfect title.
0: It is true. That's right. I wrote a book. I did. I got it done. <laughs> I, did it. My I did it. I did our, our 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 tweet length. So this was tweets are 100 and our 280 characters. This book was uh, a little more than 280 pages. So it was a real, real really stepping out there.
1: And books on paper, Dan. I mean, this is a pretty radical idea. You know, it's going to be more than just Mildred on a cruise ship. <laughs> I know. There's there's a ton of people like that are 25 who are going to dig this. Who who will have a reason to go back to books on paper? Um, in many ways, you're writing out uh, the manual that we've all been waiting for for the last two years. Is so. How in hell do we wriggle out of this f- nightmare? And I get to bleep that for the FCC afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah well, well I, I will not swear here. I won't make you bleep it since I get to swear freely uh, on Ponce of America, much of the chagrin of my mother and my mother-in-law. Um, <laughs> look, I wrote this book to try to understand the political moment we're in and how we got to a place where someone like Barack Obama uh, could be replaced by someone like Donald Trump, the exact polar opposites. And to begin to figure out uh, what we can do about it, what lessons can be learned from Obama's battles with sort of the forces that created Trump, Fox News, a uh, Republican Party that had gone insane, changes in media, and, you know, birth or conspiracy or fake news, conspiracy theories, to try to understand what we can go, where we can go, there, to try to do it in a way that was uh, similar to positive America, that, could, that was, uh, hopefully, was entertaining, a little funny, make some fun of myself, uh, with a path forward. And, uh, this is, this is what I've offered to the world. And I, I hope people enjoy it and can, can laugh a little bit, cry a little bit and feel hopeful when it's over.
1: My sense, um, having grown up, I think as many of us did reading, L. Frank Baum's The Wizard of Oz, being told it was a children's book and then horrified to find out it was an allegory. The Wicked Witch of the East was the federal government. Mm-hmm. The West was the Dust Bowl and on and on. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Gulliver's Travels. Wow, Rob Dignagians. how cool. Mm-hmm. Lilliputians, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, political allegories, the only way you could actually tell people. Mark Twain, even more famously so. Um, I love your humor and I, I just want to endure.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we used to say in the Obama White House uh, in the dark times that you can either laugh or you can cry. And I feel like that is very appropriate in our current moment if you're a Democrat or a progressive uh, or just generally concerned about the stability of the commander in chief. And so we had that option. We could be angry and depressed every single day or we could try to laugh about some of this stuff in the hopes that uh, after you are done laughing, you can get to work to try to change our political direction. And that's, just, that's, what's, that's what we do in America. And that's what I tried to do in this book.
1: And here we have President Obama having young guys like you and surrounding themselves with living, breathing humans. I mean, we basically have two generations in this country, you know, millennials and boomers and the rest of us died a long time ago and that's it. (laughs) And, you know, Mr. Trump likes geezers like here we go again. Women are in the kitchen. If they're not barefoot, take their shoes and do it quick. Fox News, Roger right. Ailes, a name we all have grown to know and love in so many voluptin and, and layered ways, called you, Dan. He called mm. you a real.
0: Jeff. D- yeah, he did. <laughs> I, so I say a couple things on this. One, uh, I'm incredibly proud that Roger Ailes called me a dick. It uh, is a sign that I think I did my job well because ultimately we were, you know, Fox was had decided that it was in their political and their business interest. To be the chief opponent to Barack Obama, and so we butted heads with him many times, and we were willing to be the first people to, to call out Fox for what it is—not a—not a traditional news network, not even a conservative news network, but a propaganda arm for the Republican Party, whose goal it was to sow discord, to try to convince American people that our first African American president was somehow. Un-American that he did not care about the interest of working-class Americans. What they really meant were working-class white Americans, and they tried to otherize the president. So we went to battle with them, and that battle continues uh, as we go forward because, I, you know, as I write the book, Fox News is one of the most divisive and destructive forces in this country. It has done so much to polarize our politics. So we need to fi- – Democrats need to figure out how to do battle with them and how to exist in a world where Fox News is able to push propaganda out to – uh, millions of Americans. And it's, it is, a, it's a huge challenge and it's something that we, we wrestled with in the white house and Democrats are going to wrestle with going forward. If we hope to come out of the wilderness,
1: Carrie Harrison with you. This is Reality Check Live, realitychecklive.org. Follow us on all social media at GoHarrison. We're talking right now to Dan Pfeiffer. He happens to be with Pod Saves America. Google him. You'll have 800,000 pages to sift through. All of them are interesting, just like his book. Senior advisor to President Obama, now co-host of Pod Save America. Uh, shut the door for the Oval Office for the last time, closing the chapter on our first American president, African-American president. Well, it feels like American president if you think about current times.
0: It might be, it might be our last American
1: president. Yes. Yeah. So let me just dig in for just a second about this uh, hideosity that happened in Helsinki and then kicking Angela Merkel in the well, she doesn't have any, but if she did, he would have. Right. Uh, this yeah. it, it, it's so yeah. extraordinary. And what is the payoff for Donald Trump? And I was listening to your recent episode of Pod Saves America, and you guys were going through all the permutations of the what and the why. But if I remember correctly, Mister Trump wants to build a very large motel in Moscow for the last decade or so. And That's when you right. have, if, if Barack Obama had had a top secret meeting with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> no witnesses. No wit- no witnesses here. He would have been impeached within 2.7 minutes and then lynched. It's a fact. Should all presidents right. be held to the same standard, I wonder?
0: They absolutely. I mean, you you, you are exactly right on like 12 levels here. One is uh, if Barack Obama did one-tenth of the things that Donald Trump did did on a daily basis, he would have been impeached by the Republican Congress. I mean, they went after him because he wore a tan suit one day. They went after him. <laughs> there, was a, there was a three-week controversy on Fox News because Barack Obama used gray coupon instead of yellow mustard on a burger. I mean, it, like it is two different worlds, and it is so frustrating to see the hypocrisy in the Republican Party. For let's just the better, there's no better example than golf. Barack Obama liked to play golf. It was the way in which he escaped from the very hard. Uh, stresses and pressures of being president is also one of the rare times President Hayes gets to be outside and walk around for long periods of time, and so I, it was great he did that. And I have and Donald Trump plays golf all the time too, and I have no problem with that. But what bothers me is that uh, Republicans, including Donald Trump, thought to attack President Obama every weekend when he went, when he golfed. And now that Donald Trump golfs all the time, including during the week, sometimes Republicans are silent, and that hypocrisy is truly damaging. As it comes to what happened in Helsinki was something that has never happened in the history of America. The president of the United States sided with a not just any foreign leader, a foreign leader who was an adversary, who attacked our country uh, just just less than two years ago. Sided with them over his own law enforcement agencies, his own intelligence agencies, and that is deeply concerning. And now there are a million reasons why that could be. The he could be compromised. He has business interests. And, but the fact that we are even asking these questions says so much about how far we have come from normal uh, with this president and the fact that Republicans are almost to a person defending Trump on this and buying his absurd explanations that he meant to say wouldn't instead of would, all of which is ridiculous. And we are I think we are in a very dangerous place for democracy, And in part because one party has decided to... The, you know, they Republicans are in control of Congress, and they are the ones who are supposed to be the checks and the balances. And they've decided just to bend the knee and supplicate themselves to President Trump, and that is incredibly dangerous for this country. And it's exactly why uh, Democrats have to win these next two elections, or we can be headed in an even more dangerous direction in the not too distant future.
1: Kerry Harrison with you, Dan Pfeiffer with us, co-host of the popular political podcast Pod Save America, along with John Favreau. He's one of Barack Obama's longest-serving advisors, about ten years worth. He was White House Director of Communications under President Obama and Senior Advisor to the President. He's written a book called "Yes We Still Can: Politics in the Age of Obama, Twitter, and Trump." We'll be right back.
2: Welcome, comrades,
1: to Moscow McDonald's. I'm Boris. And I'm Boris. Now that Glasnost has gone poo-poo, the big boss, don't fool around. Give you new know, Mickey G's Fun
0: Meal. For just one month's wages, you get two fries. That's right. Two stringy little fries. You also get shake. Right. KGB agents shake you, strip search you, and take away your cigarettes. Just be glad they don't kick you in McNuggets. <laughs> <laughs> and for dessert, you get half-road toilet paper. Eat it, use it. Your choice. Big
1: fun meal at Mickey G's. Remember, no shoes, no shirt, no Poles, no Lithuanians, no Latvians, no Estonians. No... <laughs> Smells like
0: fish. Tastes like chocolate. Reality check. Live news reality check recap
2: for reality check live I'm Mercy Malik, and this is your medical minute a tropical disease may soon join smallpox as only the second human disease to ever be completely eradicated worldwide science magazine reports that recent advances in the treatment of yaw's disease has convinced many medical professionals that the crippling and disfiguring disorder can become the world's first bacterial disease to be wiped out entirely symptoms of yaw's begin with minor skin ulcers but can progress if untreated to permanent Permanent consequences, including debilitating bone malformation, yaws has traditionally been combated through painful injections of penicillin delivered through giant needles that often lead to secondary infections. But new prophylactic treatments with oral antibiotics have already reduced cases in many areas by 90 percent. Advocates say that at this point, only a lack of adequate funding is delaying a permanent end to yaws. And now for your history minute: labor laws. Those are the things that keep workers safe in their workplaces. But how do they come about? About. In the United States, laws to protect worker safety have often been the result of employees striking to demand safe working conditions and sometimes even giving their lives in an attempt to effect change. One such example was the Ludlow Massacre of 1914, in which the Colorado National Guard opened fire on striking miners, killing dozens of people, 11 of whom were children. The New Yorker notes that the miners were asking for merely a living wage, an eight-hour workday, the right to live outside the company town, and increased safety safety. In in a state which registered a mining-related mortality rate of twice the national average at the time. Although no one was ever prosecuted for the killings, least of all the Rockefeller family, who both owned the mines and paid the wages of the guardsmen who slayed the children, historians do credit the event with contributing to the passage of subsequent national labor protection laws. For Reality Check Live, I'm Mercy Malik. Recap
0: Reality Check Live. Reality Check Live with Carrie Harrison. And now... Morgan Freeman admires your wife's ass. Pardon
1: me, I'm terribly sorry, but I couldn't help but notice your wife's ass. Oh, you must be very proud. Ever thought of putting it on display so people could worship it like an ass god? And you could charge admission and sell crackerjacks. Just a thought. My main point is your wife has a fine ass. Listen. Well, it's still legal. Reality check live. Carrie Harrison with you, Dan Pfeiffer with us, co-host of the popular political podcast Pod Save America, along with John Favreau. He's one of Barack Obama's longest-serving advisors, about ten years worth. He was White House Director of Communications under President Obama and Senior Advisor to the President. He's written a book called Yes, We Still Can, Politics in the Age of Obama, Twitter, and Trump. And it's an irreverent, no BS take on the crazy politics of our time. Yes, We Still Can is a must read for everyone who's disturbed by Mr. Trump, Mrs. (laughs) Mrs. (laughs) <laughs> going mis- disturbed by President Trump, Mrs. Obama. Right. In other words, you're missing Obama, not Mrs. Obama. <laughs> and is marching, calling, and hoping for a better future for the country. You can tweet us right now, and we'll make sure we ask your questions to Dan Pfeiffer at Harrison at Harrison. You know, the word wouldn't is fascinating, Dan Pfeiffer. I think about, like, what if one were to go on an app and say, I wouldn't like to hook up with you tonight. Yes, how how is that to be interpreted?
0: Right, <laughs> walk that back. Walk it I mean, forward. It is, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it was so ridiculous in so many ways because Trump did two interviews uh, right after saying that and never corrected himself. And then, even in the press conference where he did the would but wouldn't double negative, non walk back, walk back, he he then says. He says he agrees with the assessment of our intelligence community that it was Russia, but then says, but it could be anyone. There are lots of people out there, which means he doesn't agree with that. I mean, the whole, the, it is, we should just note for a second that for whatever reason, the most generous explanation that Trump supporters have given Trump for why he won't believe our intelligence community is it hurts his ego that he is unable to separate the idea of Russian meddling from allegations of collusion on his campaign. So he refuses to accept the reality of that Russians meddled in the election. And if your most, if the strongest defense of the president is that he is too insecure and too incapable of nuanced thought to understand a fairly simple idea, that is not a good defense of the president of the States, And it should be alarming to everyone.
1: And wouldn't you think, Dan Pfeiffer, that if you're meeting in top secret with uh, you really are your chief enemy here, uh, and then not telling anybody what happened, and then agreeing and endorsing what the former head of the KGB, the guy that ran East Germany and the Stasi, says, oh, absolutely not, and you agree as the president against your own agencies, isn't that collusion? Kinda, sorta. A little bit. Well, it's,
0: it's, it's certainly something. It, it, <laughs> it, I would say it is a warning signal. And, like, look, we are waiting for Bob Mueller to give us this report about what he's found. But it is worth noting that never in the history of mankind has there been this much smoke and no fire. So there is, there is something not right here. And we'll find out whether it is, it is in the sense that Trump and his campaign specifically worked with the Russians. Advisors to Trump worked, you know, sort of a collusion-adjacent whether this is about business interests, whether this is about compromising uh, information that Putin has, but there is something not right here. And we need to figure out what that is before, before too long.
1: In the recent time when uh, Mr. Trump, before he met with Mr. Putin was with our NATO allies, um, and was there during that breakfast and made the famous insults toward Germany as if Angela Merkel hadn't grown up in East Berlin under the Russians speaking Russia. No big fan of Vladimir Putin, by the way, uh, and excoriated the Germans. <laughs> no. Pretty much everywhere else on the table. And James Mattis, the defense secretary, you could see him on camera in sort of a gnarled rictus, a kind of a grimace, a drool yeah. sputum dangling from his lips. And we're told by Sarah Sanders Huckabee that he was pissed because he didn't know that he was only going to get pastry and coffee. Now, you, you're a guy from the White House. True or false, in the morning before you go to the meeting, you're allowed to have room service and an egg.
0: Yeah, you you are allowed to. You actually actually enough. You can't get room service because if you're staying on the same floor as the president, they won't let them bring the food up. But you can, if you use proper time management, go down to the restaurant downstairs and have a very nice breakfast. Uh, you stay in pretty nice hotels when you travel with president, so so eggs were available uh, to Mr. Mattis here. He had that opportunity. It is. Uh, uh, I mean, it is so absurd that, <laughs> that that's the point. That would be excellent. I mean like do us the do it like at least do with the courtesy of coming up with a better explanation than an overabundance of pastries like just do better cuz that wasn't just something that some a lot of the times you know some yahoo staffer tells a reporter something and it becomes a big deal but this was actually an official statement put out under white house letterhead explaining attributing the grimace to be related to the, an incorrect breakfast order. And I mean, that is, I mean it's just so absurd. It's, it's, like it's like they've almost given up even trying to be credible. Dan
1: Pfeiffer is now co-host of the political podcast Pod Save America. He was one of Barack Obama's longest serving advisors about 10 years, White House Director of Communications under President Obama. In other words, he would have been Sarah Huckabee Sanders' boss. And after all the sex scandals and oligarchs rhetoric Dramatic findings and ill-advised hirings. Dan Pfeiffer's "Yes, We Still Can: Politics in the Age of Obama, Twitter, and Trump" reminds us why we were desperate for hope and change. Gives real-world advice to Democrats on how to win in 2020 with strategy and anecdotes pulled from Obama's groundbreaking 2008 campaign. Yes, we still can. Combines the political acumen of David Axelrod with the humor and insightfulness of Alyssa Mastermonico. Follow us on all social media, including Facebook, at GoHarrison. Now, Dan Pfeiffer, you were White House Director of Communications under President Obama. This is the, the, the messaging director. This is the guy who would be the boss of Sarah Suckabee. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm just having all kinds of yeah. There you go. I'm Sigmund Freud is like rolling around in his grave with a grin here. <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, if she were working under you, I mean, I imagine you'd have some shock and awe, or you'd be a pretty naughty guy yourself.
0: Well, I would. I mean, look, everyone who I wouldn't Sarah Huckabee Sanders wouldn't work for me, and I wouldn't work for Donald Trump. And the like, basically, if you were someone who works in the White House right now for Donald Trump, you have made a decision that you were going to lie for a liar. That is the choice they have made. And because there's no other option. Donald Trump is a liar, that is a, I don't care what your political beliefs are, that is a proven fact. He lies every day, sometimes dozens of times before I get up for breakfast here on the West Coast. And if you were gonna work for him, you were gonna be forced to defend those lies, whether it's Sean Spicer defending the 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 size of the inauguration crowd, or Trump's absurd claim that there were millions of fraudulent votes to everything that he does, and they've made a decision. And it is a morally—these will end up being black marks on their reputations for all of time because they they were willing to trade their credibility, their integrity, their morality for the opportunity to work in the White House. And it's a cool job, but it's not worth that.
1: We've got 327 million Americans. They're all— Dying to be able to read something that helps them navigate these impossible shoals of the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing, yes, we still can. Still is in parentheses. Yes, we still can. Politics in the age of mm-hmm. Obama, Twitter, and Trump. The pen is mightier than the sword. The Twitter is mightier than the mm-hmm. pen. 140 characters you can bring mm-hmm. down the planet. Right.
0: I wrote this book to try to understand how we got to this moment. I actually started working on it the day after the election, the morning after Trump won. And I sort of was, I was so shocked by his victory. I had been so positive that Hillary was going to win and win pretty big. And so it was a huge, so, but in the moment afterwards, it was sort of like, I don't know if you've seen the movie the usual suspects, but it's the end where they're looking at the bulletin board and they see, and they discover that uh, Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Sose. And I had this moment <laughs> where I was sort of like, oh, all these things that we dealt with were at play. And I misunderstood their importance or their power. And so I wanted to write this book to try to explore that, to sort of look at how Obama dealt with these forces that existed and try to and, and remind people of two things, one, that there there is a way out of this and that it wasn't that long ago that we had a different kind of president if you were someone who are trying to understand the path out of this hopefully this book is for you and i think you will uh you can you'll laugh a little bit i hope i tell some pretty funny well, i think they're funny at least I tell some. you're uh, funny I, I can endorse myself. that uh, thank you thank you i tell some i tell some funny stories Give you, let you sort of better understand, uh, who Barack Obama is from someone who spent a decade, uh, in and around, uh, a decade around him. And, uh, You know, and with some lessons for the party going forward.
1: Dan Pfeiffer is co-host of the very popular political podcast, Pod Save America. One of Barack Obama's longest serving advisors was Dan. He was White House Director of Communications under President Obama, senior advisor to the president. Uh, Was there for, just as he said, a decade. And uh, you are one resilient guy because having enjoyed, you know, let's say a decent cup of coffee and now you're back to Maxwell. House, no offense to Maxwell House. (laughs) I'm just going to read everyone's mind and we'll end with this. We're all wondering, well, geez, what can I do? I mean, really, what can I do?
0: The Democratic National Committee is not going to save you. Democratic politicians are not going to save you. Bob Mueller is not going to save you. The only thing, the only people who can change direction, the only only way we're going to change direction in this country is if Average, everyday people get involved, whether they register to vote. They sign up with organizations like Swing Left or Indivisible to go door-to-door. They make phone calls. If you have 5 or $10, even more, than you can give to a candidate. But, it is, but the lesson of the Trump election is that we can never take citizenship for granted, and everyone has to get involved. And if we do that, and if the people who the, who showed up for the women's march, who showed up at airports after the Muslim ban, and who marched for our lives after... Uh, the tragedy at Parkland High School, that, or in Parkland, Florida, then we can make a difference in this country, but it's all about participation. And you can do it, uh, you can go door to door, you can do it from your phone at home, but it is about getting involved because there are more people in this country who believe in a politics that looks like obamaism and those who believe in trumpism we just have to show up to vote
1: dan pfeiffer i want to thank you so much for joining us today on reality check Live, and thank you for standing up for the millions of voices that cannot be heard without people willing to do it for them and you're out there as a real expert a young guy with a sense of humor and you can write books on paper yes we still can politics in the age of obama twitter and trump thank you so much for joining
0: us today thanks for having me Funding for today's
1: program is provided in part by our members. We love our members
0: and stay in contact with them several times a day. And by listeners like you who love your members as much as we love ours. Reality Check Live. Reality Check Live with Carrie Harrison.
1: RealityCheckLive.org.